Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Dungeons and Demogorgons, the officially unofficial podcast for Stranger Things on Netflix. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we just finished watching Season 3, Episode 5, titled Chapter 5, The Flayed. Uh, the Flayed are the people that the Mind Flayer has taken over, according yeah. to Mike. Yeah. I, uh, uh, th- th- I thought that was a pretty cool turn of fl- uh, phrase, The Flayed. Uh-huh. It has like a very Boltony connotation for me yeah like coming off game of thrones about two months ago i'm like oh the flayed is definitely about skin coming off and it kind of does yeah it kind of comes off yeah that's true i mean they weren't joking about this being the grossest season of stranger things the uh jake Busey dissolving into just a red goo and then reforming into that (laughs) it's like if the blob went through like a kfc trash can (laughs) is is what i was thinking when i was watching it (sighs) sick burn on jake Busey, but uh oh and then he turns into the flayed yeah the monster (laughs) um yeah no it it was uh, it was wild what what'd you what'd you think about this episode uh i liked it a lot actually i thought the it was a pretty callback heavy episode which was great like once they get to the compound of this conspiracy theorist they just the the callbacks were coming fast and furious and they were so well placed and so well timed like i thought oh it's really funny that hopper looks into the the talk box when the guy says look in the camera just like jonathan does in the first season or the second season and then when they get in there they start arguing and he's like look we don't have time for this lovers quarrel and they're like we're not lovers give me a break it's so good. Yeah. Especially from his perspective, this just happened like, you know, nine months ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he is like the human, not, not lovers bullshit detector here. Right, right, right. And it's so good. He's, uh, he should, uh, in, he should moonlight from his conspiracy journalists. He should do couples therapy or yeah. like one of those call in radio shows. And it involves a lot of vodka. It's a lot of vodka. Um, this episode covered a lot of grounds. Like we started it with Hopper and Nancy, or I'm sorry, Hopper and uh, uh, Joyce having to f- uh, be forced to walk through the forest to Illinois. Uh-huh. Uh, and we had, you know, we just just discovered the nature of the elevator. And by the end of this, we've got a full blown sub. We we found it the mm-hmm. the apparatus, the the Soviet apparatus that's opening up the portal uh we found the the the, somehow that um i'm not sure what these little underground facilities underneath the farmhouses have to do with that but there's that too and Mm -hmm. uh then nancy and jonathan get with the other kids so like now all the kids minus dustin are together it's a it's just moving the plot right along what if it's like a death star kind of thing where you know with turbo laser the 
the lasers kind of come together at the, a point the various, and then create the, a huge yeah various super laser tributaries come together yeah because to they talk and i think something they did kind of beautifully here is we were talking about you know the plausibility of this underground tunnel project and everything and steve's pointing out while they're walking through look there are no ladders there are no maintenance hatches like this is not a regular tunnel. Right. Uh, but I wonder if, you know, coming from the Hess Farm and the mall and all these other points, it could be a similar, like, hmm. oh, all of these things are sort of coming to a point down these really long halls yeah. uh, to blow open that portal. And it's interesting, too, because the portal might actually be the saving grace for this whole thing. Because hmm. they talk about how, you know, you know, Mike makes the case here that we can't just stop Billy. We can't just stop the Flayed we have to stop the flare, right? Mm. We have to stop the mind flare. Um, that might be his exit from our dimension or whatever is through this portal that the Russians just happen to open up because mm. they want to check it out. Right. I don't know. Um, what else do we... Oh, well, something from last episode that I forgot to talk about was Dustin not having collarbones. Did you know that that was like that's 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 the uh, Gatton uh, Matarazzo that that's uh, the thing the the real life condition he suffers from uh, cleidocranial dysplasia that that uh, has messed up his front teeth mm-hmm. also has caused him to be born without clavicles no collarbone there are clips where you can see him doing crazy shit like some people that that are born of this can like touch their shoulders together in front of them. Wow. Yeah, it's so when huh. he was like, I, I I meant to talk and about that. And he can't that. squeeze through the fucking... I mean, if, you know, if, if, if Steve was willing to push a little bit harder, I'm sure yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he could physically fit. But uh, I thought that was uh, kind of wild that it's not just it's not just teeth. He's he's missing bones, y'all. And I didn't huh. even know that was a thing. Like, I, I figured no. if you didn't have clavicles, your your arms would just flop around. But apparently, yeah, it's it's like kind of optional. It's an optional bone. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm gonna, taken out. I'm gonna have my clavicles removed. Uh-huh. Yeah, I want to be able to touch my t- touch my. You could use them as a third limb. You could you could hold things. You know. Oh yeah, like a book. You could read a book just with your, your... <laughs> right. And then your hands are free to play sure. video games. Uh, it's the perfect. It's the perfect thing. Huh, uh, that's crazy. Really leaning into the Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, oh, they they yeah. they they named him. The, so last episode, yeah, they name checked Arnold. Yeah, how do you feel about this? Because. So Dan Harmon, uh, creator of Community, Rick and Morty, et cetera, a few others, et cetera, has this um, like comedy trope he calls the Monopoly guy, mm-hmm. where you create a character whose appearance is so bizarre that it's designed to be commented on. Like for example, uh, the 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 this or originated from Ace Ventura yeah. Two, mm-hmm. where they make a guy dressed up as the Monopoly guy just so Jim Carrey can say, mm-hmm. call him the Monopoly guy. Is it not a pretty close to like they're just calling him Arnold Schwarzenegger? He look like when he comes down the staircase with his dim, denim jacket and his fingerless leather gloves holding the gun, mm-hmm. with the haircut, with the Arnold kind of accent he's doing. He's Arnold heavy, Schwarzenegger, super heavy boots, like he's made of he's metal or something. Yeah, yeah, he sounds like he weighs a thousand pounds coming down the same. Like, mm-hmm. I, how do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to argue with the idea that, like, oh, really, you're just going to put this in there so you can make this one joke, mm-hmm. and it'll be done. Uh, I don't know. It's not the best thing they do in Stranger Things. I think they can help out if they, they develop him into a character in his own right, mm-hmm. um, the, or, or maybe they can um, uh, they can subvert the trope later, but it is weird yeah, that I, they've decided to go that route. They almost didn't get the chance. Like, I was surprised... Kind of surprised that Hopper was ready to blow this dude's head off because he yeah. pulls that trigger. 
he's going to shoot this guy and he makes the mistake of giving him a countdown right so he knows exactly when to spring into action but uh, yeah yeah hopper was not bluffing hopper doesn't no. bluff with a gun to the person's head we found out no i i love those scenes though this guy's everything deaf. with hopper this, this guy's episode. this guy's deaf in whatever ear that gun went off oh, by yeah. but uh right Probably everybody down in that that concrete bunker where there's automatic weapons fire. Oh is, yeah, I was uh, a hellstorm. Oh when my he god, it was, with that. It's amazing no one got killed. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, did uh, someone get, did someone get killed? I don't think anybody got killed. Not the guy that was tied up. The the bait. I mean, obviously Alexi. The other guy, the other scientist, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, but I really love the moment where. Joyce thinks she's going to help out and throws the gun to Hopper, and it just slides right, sails right past him, slides to the bad guy. And <laughs> it's so funny. Everybody looks at it like, oh, shit. Yeah, and there's also Joyce got a justified peeling out because, you know, they're yes. trying to run away from the Terminator, and, and Hopper's just screaming, drive, drive. Um, yep. Did you think it, there was a little bit of a Back to the Future reference there with them running over the farmhouse's mailbox? That sounds very familiar to me. Yeah. But I, I thought I couldn't pinpoint when, the when they emphasized the name Hess, I thought like, oh, is is the guy who cuz you know the the back to the future uh backstory is this uh-huh. guy in 1955, he was like some kind of pine si- crazy eccentric pine scientist and he sold the property that became known as Twin Pines became the a mall. Yeah. Then when Marty ran over one of the pines it was like Lone Pine Mall. Uh-huh. Um and I thought, like, huh, I wonder if that guy's actually name was Hess. Why you were um, setting things up, I looked it up, and it's actually Peabody. Oh, crazy okay. man Peabody with his pines. So it's not that, but I, I did feel like that whole scene, like, if you just put that Zemeckis, like, mm-hmm. it'd be very Back to the Future. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. Uh, th- there were other references I'm not sure I got. Is it is Jonathan making a reference when he says, like, oh, I was out late last night with Fagin and the gang? Is that a thing, or is that just... Fagan These are some of his friends. I don't know. Does Jonathan have friends? I didn't think Jonathan had friends, but he, yeah, says, he, he says he does in season two. You're right. No, I, I I don't. I honestly don't know. Okay. Um, I thought it was kind of... It's it's neat that like if you buy that all these kids are just going to nonchalantly join this kind of like mystery search together, it is cool how everything kind of connects. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like, you know, Nancy stealing the medical records. She sees that there's, you know, like a lot of these things are consistent with what happened with Will. Like I, I was like low 90s body temperatures. Um, and, you know, that leads them all to kind of share what they know, which then leads them to figure out like, well, they need to find the source, you know, because we can't just drive the mind flare out of Billy. That's what we did last season. And look where we're at now. Stranger mm-hmm. Things 3. If we, if we don't want a Stranger Things 4, we better find a Mind Flayer. So they go to find a source. How do you find a source? You let Miss Driscoll go. That leads you to the hospital. Everything is... The, the, the mechanics of the plot when it gets going has is, is, is been pretty impressive this season, I thought. And it's looking to shape up into a very similar, okay, everybody's on the same page now working together because everybody has pieces of the information. Everybody's kind of at the dead end. Like, where do we go from here? Uh and now I feel like they all need to come together, share what they know, and then figure out how to defeat the monster. Mm-hmm. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. 
Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away. And I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Um, I thought it's interesting when they had um, Hopper and Joyce walking through the forest and like Hopper's throwing a, a fit about the um, about the mosquitoes and then everything kind of dissolves the smoke. And I thought that somehow for like a split second, Hopper had gotten pulled into the upside down and yeah. he was just but then it's just, oh, of course, it's it's L trying to track him down. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that oh, was speaking of L and yeah. that forest scene, they talked about walking to Illinois. Uh huh. You know what's in Illinois? Uh, Chicago. Chicago. And last season we saw uh, Elle's punk rock friends oh, right. in Illinois. I wonder if we're going to get a meet up with them. I don't know. It'd be interesting. A lot of people yeah. made a lot of people have made um, comments about this being eight episode season, and last mm-hmm. episode is a nine. And you know, yeah. I don't share this opinion. I know you do, but like the the, the that episode that that extra episode that has all of the uncanny X Men or New Mutants or whatever was a lot of people's least favorite episode. So certainly, mine. this could might be the perfect season because you just take last season and excise the one bad thing, and then everything's everything's cool. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I wonder how they managed to blow up Hopper's truck. I don't know how you can blow up a car like that just by starting it, but yeah, I guess Hopper be, could figure out how. Seemed like kind of gas leak something. Seemed I, like the Russian scientists knew what was up, but uh, yeah, yeah, that was weird. Uh, I did like them stopping at the Seven Eleven. It was an opportunity to show off kind of all the old packaging of all like and it, new Coke. It, as hard as it is to stock uh-huh. like the general store. Oh yeah, I can imagine a Seven Eleven would be incredibly hard to stock because all of that shit is perishable, right? Like. You're gonna have to go out and you're gonna have to recreate a lot of these oh, yeah, things because yeah, yeah. you're not just gonna go on eBay and find oh here's a crate of 47 uh, 1985 Tampax uh, containers. Mm-hmm. Like, do you, do you have to recreate the snowball? Do you have I snowballs from 1985? Like, like Hostess like, logos? Like, did they try to get away with like modern pack? If, if a Russian's gonna smash a face into it within like five seconds, do you <laughs> right. need to like get the? Yeah, they've got packaging? one hero snowball package <laughs> yeah. that they show up close with the yeah. old logo. It's not a snowball. It's actually made out of resin and <laughs> right. it's, it's indestructible. But 
but it was cool to see all those old logos and packaging. Plus, it's really funny, like, you know, him commandeering the car oh and God. trying to tell the guy that this is a, the, 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 the most dangerous criminal and that he cut the, his face. And he does kind of look like, uh, who was the, um, the uh, Steve Bashimi character from uh, oh, Con Air? Yeah, he kind of does look like that. Like, he does look like a guy who might murder children when he's slurping, slurping on that slushy. Could be. Yeah. But that that plate I thought was really funny. Uh-huh. Um also um when when they get to the bottom of the elevator shaft and they're looking at this miles long corridors and Steve's like hope you guys are all in shape and then he goes looking at you roast beef. Mm-hmm. I thought I'm like, "Whoa, Steve, taking a shot like Dustin's not even really all that chubby anymore." But then I realized that his damn shirt says roast beef on it. Yeah, it's got a cow tanning. Yeah, roast on beef. The thing. Yeah, he's been wearing that shirt since the beginning of the season. Has he? Okay. Yeah, we were we were talking about like how long the season has been so far mm-hmm. in in universe terms. Right. Uh, I think we came up with like three, maybe four days. Yeah, it feels like because there's the day that Dustin got back, and then there was a night, and then the next day, uh, Billy sets up the date with Nancy, not Nancy, Karen. Mm-hmm. Then he gets abducted, and he got a next day, and then. That's you the, might even so, have so then that's the night that they parents. actually do the stakeout, and uh-huh. then they've got a next. So there's at least four days there, maybe even five. Yeah. So we're getting pretty close to July 4th, and we know there's going to yep. be this big uh, Hawkins-wide bash. It's going to probably be the carnival that we saw in the, the trailers. I wonder if that's going to be how they contain this, because there's going to be so many bombs and stuff and fireworks going off that it's going to mask like gunfire and massive huh. other things, or it's going to be yeah. blamed on like a firework explosion gone bad or something. Because that's the thing. This is expanding outside of it, the circle of trust, right? It, no, it looks like that's one of the things we said in the, the coverage is this, like how this looks like it's going to be very hard to contain. Yeah. Like if it's, if, if even just 50 people from Hawkins are turned into mush zombies, Mm-hmm. what the fuck yeah and that's been kind of the the trajectory of stranger things they've been broadening it and broadening it uh from you know just the kids uh and and hopper and joyce mm-hmm. to now okay we're bringing in new kids we're bringing in other parents uh this season we're bringing in the entire town do they go like entire state of indiana do they go the entire country in season four what what do they do after they this nuke all of uh central eastern indiana just all to right. be safe um uh sorry playing field yeah i mean you might have like a red dawn kind of thing happening in season four if if they don't take care of this russian problem the soviet problem um what else do we want to talk about oh so we're talking about um the all these zombies and how Mm -hmm. they might storm them all and I thought we were getting kind of like a clue to how they might be beaten because they share this weakness when the uh, mind flayer is trying to actively control them. It seems like any damage you do to one is felt by all of them. Yeah. But then they show how that could be sub- because like I, I'm, I'm envisioning this like, uh, you know, mall battle of Starcourt sequence where there's like, you, so you got a conventional thing. You're trying to kill zombies coming at you, but every time you kill one, they dissolve the goo and form into an even larger, like the corpses become mm-hmm. an even larger, more difficult to deal with creature. It could be pretty, it could get pretty crazy by the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, that That's one of the things I don't feel like I had a good grasp on is how strong are these zombie people? Um, it took everything L had to take down Billy, it mm-hmm. seemed, yeah. uh, in the first encounter. And 
I did not expect. I think this is maybe a misstep, in my opinion. They made Billy so powerful that I actually didn't think Jonathan or Nancy could plausibly take out one of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, a fire extinguisher to the face doesn't seem any stronger than throwing someone through a brick wall. So, so maybe, like, Billy, since he's the prime host, maybe, maybe he's got an extra portion of the, the Mind Flayer's strength. Because you're right, like... L blew him through a cinder block fucking wall, yeah. and then, uh, like, yeah, uh, scissors to the back and a couple of whacks with uh, a fire extinguisher, and these guys are dissolving the Nagu. Now, it is entirely a po- it's entirely possible that um, they didn't care, like, or the mind flayer didn't care because it can just use this opportunity to reveal itself because mm-hmm. it's kind of the jigs up. But it it, yeah. it is. I I don't know. I don't know if we'll get explanations. I don't know if I need an explanation. There's but but it is. As this story gets bigger and bigger, it, it does feel like it's riding on that ragged edge between, like, I'm willing to roll with it, but, like, oh, I wish I knew enough rules about this to where when something happened, I just went, like, I, I oh, of course this makes sense. And mm-hmm. I think they're just leaning really heavily on some of their source material, like The Thing, mm-hmm. like um, things like that to to kind of sell that, like, oh, it kind of all works like you expect it to. You've seen the yeah. movies, right? Right, but I don't know. It, it, it depends on what twists and turns we have uh, uh, coming up. Um, did you feel like the other thing is? I felt like the end result monster was more than just two dudes worth of goo mass. Oh yeah, like if you liquefy two six what foot about dudes, Driscoll is she? Is she? But but like I I we we saw the two puddles of merge into the hallway, and its resulting yeah. looked like about ten guys worth of stuff. Is this? <laughs> Is this thing like uh, hollow inside? Or am I just paying way too much attention probably. to the mass conversion? <laughs> yeah, probably. Okay, okay. Um, a couple other points of interest I thought was Steve winning a fight. Oh, yeah. That was a real moment. Uh-huh. And especially great, as you pointed out, that he's in this, uh, the Scoops Ahoy. Oh, my God. Everything is a million times funnier than that he's doing all this in a, like a, a, a Daffy Duck costume. Yeah, he's always tried to look so cool before. And he loses the fight. Mm-hmm. Now that he looks so dumb, he can finally win one. Maybe mm-hmm. that's the key. Once he stops trying to be cool, yeah, he becomes actually cool. Well, and that's the thing. Like I was, there's another thing I forgot to talk about last episode. There's a scene where um, uh, Dustin licks his ice cream scoop, and he's like, "Hey, not my scoop!" And he like twir- twirls yeah. it and like holsters it. And I'm like, Steve is kind of effortlessly cool, no matter what the mm-hmm. circumstance. Like he's just kind of a cool dude. Mm-hmm. So. He found a way in a summer vacation to, like, I don't know, spin scoops. He doesn't have to. No. He can just phone it in, but he's yeah. not. He's going to be a scoop slinger. And uh, now he's kicking ass in this uh, the Sailor Boy outfit. I, I, I like it. But yeah, I do think good. there is a kind of inverse connection. But the harder Steve tries to be, like, Abercrombie and Fitch kind of uh, mm. a, a gap cool, the less actually Stranger Things cool he is. And the more he just, like, yeah. doesn't give a fuck, the, the actually cooler he is. Um, also, what is the deal with the chemicals? They're making a big deal yeah. about how, uh, Heather's family just chowed down on Comet Cleanser and Ajax and bleach and everything in the house. Um, and the kids pointed out that as they learned in chemistry class, anytime you mix chemicals, you get a new substance. Mm-hmm. Is there a possible relation to the green shit or is this just, you know, is this the mystery? Like what is the mind flayer trying to build? What is it trying to assemble? Yeah, no, it's definitely the biggest question that I have. Um, it, are the kids right? Is it making something? Uh, is is this maybe, you know, is the thing that it's making its 
physical form, which is manifested when it turns these people to goo. Uh, does the, do the chemicals have anything to do with that? The, I, I don't know the answer. And I think that's kind of the biggest sort of drip feed they're giving us throughout the season is the question about, okay, what were the Russians doing? But we, but we kind of got a lot of that up front. Maybe there's more to it, but maybe not. But this is like the central question. What is the mind flare up to mm-hmm. uh, with all these chemicals? Uh, and then I guess the final thing is that uh, it looks like there's a thaw in the Cold War between the sexes, Mike and mm-hmm. uh, Elle are kind of starting to, you know, she, she gave him the olive branch, which was emptying the candy machine. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike's, you know, trying to trying to relate to her. Um, see how that goes the rest of the season. Anything else you want to talk about? They, they missed a real moment there when he offers the M&Ms uh-huh. to do, like, an E.T. reference. It could have been Reese's Pieces. Right. And he asked about her species she's liking them. really a different species. Yeah, yeah. it would have been perfect. Uh, you know, call me up, Duffer Brothers. I let, <laughs> let me just get a quick edit in there, and we'll make this happen for season four. Uh, uh, but, yeah, otherwise, I kind of want to get back to see what's going on. I, I, I want to see the further adventures of Hopper and Joyce and uh, Smirnoff in the Todd Father Mobile. So, so <laughs> yeah, it's a great license plate. I, I did want to say one more thing um, to follow on kind of like with last episode where we were talking about Nancy and Jonathan and Nancy and her mom having these big moments. There was another big moment between Nancy and Jonathan here where Jonathan, you know, basically apologizes to Nancy, says, mm-hmm. I was completely wrong shouldn't have doubted you all that kind of stuff that was a big moment between mm. them and it feels like it brought them back together at, at least t- temporarily i i don't know yeah all the pairings seem to be kind of re- repairing the damage no mm-hmm. no word on them. although I, I did notice that max and lucas they didn't, didn't make a big deal of it but they had kind yeah. of paired off and were uh doing their thing when uh, will felt the presence of the mind flare entering the hospital mm-hmm. um but yeah that uh that that was cool too Anything else, or should we get back to our little marathon? No, I've got uh, one thing to promote before we get out of here. Okay. Uh, my girlfriend made a Stranger Things pin. It's at pin-y.com. Uh, it's kind of one of those pins where it, it, it very much has like a color scheme and a vibe of so Stranger those enameled, Things. enameled kind of jewel pins. Right, that you would put on your lapel or something. Um, but the cool thing about it is it's one of those that you flip over, and it's just text, and it's one of them that you flip over, and it says a different things. So it says ah. Stranger from this angle. And then when you flip it over, it says things. Ah. It's pretty cool. Uh, go check it out if you're interested in pins of any kind at pin-y.com. It's like Dan Brown's Angels and Demons. Yeah. It says angels one way and demons the other. That, is, it, is that a thing? I, I think, yeah. It's definitely a thing, I, but I, I... I've only seen the Tom Hanks movie, so... I, I, I read at my, well, an old boss of mine's behest the Da Vinci Code, and I'm like, yeah. that's enough Dan Brown for me. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we will be back with our... the continue our marathon today. We're going to uh, do episodes four, five, and six, uh, and we will be... Uh, considering feedback uh, at next week at the, uh, during a Stranger Things 3 wrap-up. If you'd like to send the feedback for our consideration, please do so at strangerthings.baldmove.com. There's also show threads on our forums, forums.baldmove.com. You can send your feedback that way. Excited to see what everybody's thinking about this uh, season, and we'll be back next week to talk about it uh, when we wrap things up. But now it's time to get back to Stranger Things. Uh, until the next one, I'm Aaron. I'm Jim. See ya.